From the studios of their respective lounge rooms, a team of pyjama-clad TV tragics ready to slice, dice and dissect the best and worst of what's on the box. It's TV Binge Box. Hello TV lovers, I'm Dan Bennett. Welcome to TV Binge Box, the only podcast you need in your life for the best reviews of what's hot and what's not on the telly. Our Binge Box team is standing by with their searingly astute analysis, as always. It's a very big hello to Steve Mulk. Just you wait. In New York, you can be a new man. <laughs> very good. Joe Casamento. I, 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 I wish I didn't have to come after Mulk because he says something so outlandish and I out know. there. I feel like, good evening. <laughs> good evening, fellow television lovers. Doesn't sound quite as exciting. But good evening, tel- fellow television lovers. And I've been at an 18th. Maybe quote from a musical, Joe, because that is what Mulk is doing. Oh. Oh, right. thank <laughs> you for clarifying that, Mr. Stephen Brooke. How are you, Brookie? Life is a cabaret, old chap. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, I'm moving this show on before we get bogged down. Amazing. We have a Amazing. lot to get through a little bit later. In Clap or Slap, we'll be giving you our thoughts on the all-new The Living Room, Unsolved Mysteries, Lennox Hill, Hamilton. I think we may have just got a little preview of that. Life Drawing Live, Hard Quiz, McMillions, Iron Man, and a bit of Housewives action thrown in too for good measure because why not? And a whole lot more. Plus, Joe's back Mm. in the archives for another round of Rewind. But before we get to that, we need to start with a show that has the world talking right now. So let's jump into... Group Binge. Malk, we were watching Netflix this week. We sure were, Dan. Thanks so much. And and just as we launch into this, I just want to offer a, a content warning for people. Uh, while we won't get into the depths of some of the stuff that is revealed in this show, uh, there will be sort of discussions around people who have been sexually abused and uh, and those sorts of things. So just be prepared if, if that is something that might upset you. Jump ahead 20 minutes. You know, we'll be back. Um, and thanks for joining us nonetheless. Athlete A is an incredibly horrendous, uh, yet uh, so incredibly full of hope, you know, piece of television. It's airing on Netflix right now, as you said, and it highlights the abuse uh, that young women were exposed to by the then doctor in residence of USA Gymnastics, Larry Nasser, um, subjected them to, and then by extension, the inaction by the people in power of USAG. And... It, look, it's just outrageous the way that it is played out on our screens, the information that we see, the stuff that we know. And, and, and it's um, the information is available to us because, look, this is no spoiler. Um, part of the story is seeing NASA get convicted of those offences um, and, and hearing some of the stuff that goes on is horrendous. Uh, it's gobsmacking to be made aware of this abuse and then to come to understand that it was essentially brushed under the carpet by, at the time, USAG CEO Steve Penny and the other leadership. Joe, how was your heart through all this? Oh, Steve, it's funny you ask that because oh, I'm conflicted no matter how many times I watch uh, these horrific tales of abuse and, and anyone who listens to this podcast knows there, there have been many and we've been talking about a lot of the documentaries, including the Epstein one recently. Um, but no matter how mm. many times you you hear it and you think you're less naive to the world that goes on, it still uh, shocks. It left my jaw. I think the words I used was my jaw was on the floor. 
days, weeks, still mm. weeks mm. after I watched this documentary. Um, and I think this one strikes particularly hard, not only because I have a 14-year-old girl and a 15-year-old girl, one very active in sports, not gymnastics, but um, mm. also I think this one's particularly infuriating, not only that it went on for so long, for so many girls, we're talking 230 girls, was it? That they yeah. had no one stand yeah, up for them. Horrendous that amount, so yeah. many adults ignored them, um, and and that it, it it went on for so long at top level. We're talking London Olympics, you know, the the gold medal mm. winning athletes, right through to you know just young girls turning up for their Saturday gym classes. Um, the lack of accountability on behalf of not only the doctor, uh, the organisation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was gobsmacking television. Forget The Last Dance. This is the most important sports documentary of 2020. And um, I knew the story. I'd followed it at the time in the newspaper. And uh, credit to the folk at the Indianapolis Star, I think it was, who investigated this story and brought it to light. Yes. But this was an instance where this documentary, I think, really complements that investigation because seeing the visuals, seeing the girls in the courtroom, uh, they're, they're giving their impact statements uh, was incredible television, so much so that the documentary is only, um, I think it's it's only a little over an hour. So I found myself wanting to know more. So it's not like an eight-part documentary. Mm-hmm. So I found yeah. myself, yes. and, and credit to, I think it's your uh, friend on Facebook, Renee, uh, I forget her surname, but she has been really involved yep. in this world and she led me down a bit of a rabbit warren but a worthwhile one. And mm-hmm. I felt it was worthwhile for the victims. I felt like it's important that their story is heard and heard and heard again and not forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up on YouTube watching many of the victim impact statements and watching Dr. Mm-hmm. Nasa have to w- listen to these girls, look at these girls. Um, there's one that's not shown in the documentary but it's worth watching on YouTube where she actually forces him to apologise to her face. I need a sorry mm. from you. Um, and also the judge's statement to him, which is in the documentary as well. Um, so it, it's one of those documentaries that doesn't leave you. There's so much more to it. We will just, you know, there's a lot more to it. I won't go on about it now, but obviously other people that need to face serious investigation. And we've just seen, and I keep referring to the Epstein documentary, but we've just seen, uh, Giz, I can't pronounce her name, Ghislaine Maxwell uh, brought in, you know, being charged mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be an instance like that where you see um, it's going to change the, the, the face of sport. I think it can't. And, and it opens up, and I will hand over to the other guys, but there's a, so many discussions from this about um, at what cost for medals, medals over morals, at what mm-hmm. is abuse, even physical yeah. abuse, watching that girl with a broken ankle pole vault and at what point mm. a parent, these are children, when can children decide what's okay for them versus the adults? I will just say one thing though, parents out there, at no point if you're, you know, we all have to just ask questions and if, if your child is telling you something is not quite right, you ha- you, mm. you have to investigate and you can't trust authorities in this instance. The gymnastics organisation was not doing anyone it was just sweeping it under the carpet and 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 as parents you have to you know listen i think is the the message yeah. there's there's an interesting postscript thank thanks joe there's an interesting postscript to it where it acknowledges that the uh the the ranch that the carolis mm. these romanian former romanian gym um 
uh, coaches that had come to a defected to America uh, and help were helping run the program. They ran this this um, ranch where if you made it into like that top echelon elite sports person, you know, uh, USA gymnastics team to then be picked out of that to, to make it into the Olympics, um, you would go and spend heaps of time mm. there. And NASA was the on-call doctor there. He was the guy that would turn up and treat you. And, and one of the girls talked about um, in in her experience, um, he was abusing her with her mum in the room. Mm. He just put himself in between her mum and her. And the way that he did it made it look like it was, everything was A-OK from mum's perspective. Like that stuff uh, is vile and, and absolutely incredible. To the same end, though. Oh, so I just wanted to add, sorry, and Steve Penny, the CEO, um, not because of this uh, documentary, but as a subsequent outcome of the, the events around the documentary, he was arrested as well. Um, and I don't know where that's landed. I believe he's been charged. Um, uh, but he, the fact that he didn't report any of this and he knew about it and ostensibly oh. just put pieces of paper in a file and left it there. Um, oh, it's like the Catholic again, Church at, moving as the horrendous. coaches around. Like he knew what was going on. He was deliberately hiding it and, and just like the church right. moved those priests around to, you know, that's what's going on. So it's not just this doctor. There's mm. a whole another layer of, of abusers within this organisation. And sorry, I keep hogging the mic, but it, it just, it was one of those shows that just had me so much, but uh, had, you know, had me mm. just so much about it. But on the abuse itself, I think the interesting point mm. was, this is what abuse looks like. It's the nice guy. So many of the girls said he was the one guy we thought he was giving them lollies and whatever. But it doesn't, you know, abusers come in forms that don't look like they are going to be the abusers and they're so nice and they liked him. So it's this very confusing emotion these girls were feeling. Why am I mm. wanting to see this guy? But he's doing these things, yep. but he's doing it to these other girls so... It must be okay because we love and trust him and it's just such a mixed bag of and I think it's an important documentary to decompress that and and what abuse yeah, looks yeah, like. Yeah, it's not sure. the bad man hiding in the bush necessarily is what I'm trying yeah. to say. And, and, and some of the incredible stuff that we saw. We, we met lots of the, the now grown in some cases uh, women who were girls, you know, young girls competing that, that were abused by NASA and are part of this whole situation and one of them was... Um, Rachel Del Hollander, um, known as the general of the Survivor Army uh, within the, the Gymtonet, as I've come to know it as. Um, like, it's it's incredible to, to see her stoic nature, her direct approach in her victim statement that she offers. In seeing that and with the others, we get to see the incredible strength of these women as survivors, um, especially in that sentencing scene. Dan... What did you take away from, from Athlete A? Wow, what did I take away? Um, well, I think you and Joe have summed it up perfectly. What I took away was an overwhelming sense of impotent rage. Mm. I watched it just not long before we recorded this pon podcast and I found myself stomping around and banging kitchen cupboards. There was just this anger that sat and was bubbling away, still bubbling away. I, I just... I just don't understand how a human being can prioritise sport, success over the safety of children, over protecting children. There's just not – like my head doesn't – I can't go there. I, my, there's not a cell in my body that understands 
that thought process that wants to understand that thought process. Mm. I would not give a single fuck if anyone involved in covering up the abuse in this case or any child abuse case was accidentally hit by a bus tomorrow. I would not care less. As well as rage, I, I felt incredible sadness because unfortunately this isn't a situation where we can say, well, isn't it a shame that happened back mm. then? Because this particular story might be in the past, but there are mm. countless examples of it still happening in real time. And we should all, every single person, mm. be actively and unwaveringly outraged about that. This doco brought all of that into focus in such an emotive way. It was incredibly well put together and thoughtful, gentle where it needed to be to protect the girls, stinging where it needed to be to bring sharply into focus the outrage of the cover-up here. And like you, Malk, I the other things I just had to find a way to try to come away from it and feeling something other than rage and wanting to cry mm. is that the, the sense of almost gratitude that this story has mm. been told because I think it is, as Joe said, it's this, we need to keep talking about this. And I agree this eclipses the last dance is the most important sports doco, any doco of the year, mm. but to do it in a way that is accessible to the everyday audience member to, and it's not laborious. It's only is a, you know, an hour and a half, whatever it is, people can watch it and hopefully keep the conversation going, bring it back into focus. And yeah, look, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, it's one of those things that's, I'm kind of having a flashback to our very first mm. episode of this podcast where we talked about revelation and we kind of all yeah. had the conversation and then sat back and just mm. didn't quite mm. know how to mm. get on with the rest of the show, to be honest, because it's just one of those things that sits with you. But yeah, just thank you to the team who put this together. I'm so glad that we're talking about it. And I really hope that everybody, all of our listeners who, if you haven't seen it yet, do do go and, and watch it because it's just we need to we need to see this we need to talk about it and yeah it amazing yeah yeah thanks dan the doco also reveals systemic issues within usag around how young women were treated especially making some big claims around influential coaches bella and marta caroli uh, as i said before brookie in the midst of this Given that docos and the recent Royal Commission into Institutional Child sex, Sexual Abuse and, and the revelations that come into both of these situations, do you think that we're ahead of this now? No, um, I don't. And I think that this documentary and the Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich one mm. shows the incredible difficulty that women face when they do come forward the events that are portrayed here are a couple of years in our past. Mm. And we had you know, one of the biggest victims of all of this who had her career mm. destroyed, Maggie Nichols, had mm. made the um, allegation against Nassar and the coach knew about it and had told the head coach and Steve Penny knew. And you, the way they constructed this, you just knew that she was not going to get selected for that Olympic team and that her career was going to be destroyed. And she came, I think, sixth in the trials. Mm. There were five yes. women selected for the team with three reserves, and she wasn't there, and her parents yeah, said... She oh, was on thought, track to make the team, yeah. 
Well, she would have, and the parents were like, it's so funny because every other time we've come, we've been mic'd up and we've had cameras on us. Mm. And this time mm. we just had to find our own seats. And you're right about the institutionalization of it. And we can look uh, to Australia, the events of the past couple of weeks, Dyson Hayden, the mm. uh, High Court judge who has been exposed in the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, allegations of sexual harassment, he denies them, but allegations by incredibly senior women in the legal profession. And yet again, it has taken years and years for this to come out. He was an incredibly powerful man, as was Epstein, as Mm -hmm. was NASA. I'm also reminded of uh, another pedophile who used the system, if you like, to farm children in Britain, and that was entertainer Jimmy Mm. Savile, Mm. who used his position within the BBC uh, to supply him. It would seem to be as bluntly as a ready supply of young women, um, as NASA was able to do with the gymnastics team. And then this institutional inertia, and we saw it very much, Joe, you referred to this, a winner-takes-all mentality, the end justifies the means. Uh, Children who are brutalised not only in the amount of training that they have to do, but the fact that uh, all impediments to success of the team, whether it be a sexual harassment accusation or not, are swept to one side. Mm. So uh, we are still seeing women, Erin Jean Norville, Mm -hmm. the actress who made the complaint against Geoffrey Rush, there's been a massive libel case in Australia about that. He denied the allegations. Uh, He launched a libel action. The judge found that she was an unreliable witness. She didn't have to testify. She wasn't mm. named in the original story. She came forward because she felt it was important. So That actually, uh, that actually, c- that interview she did on the ABC is one of the best things I've ever watched. If you want to know the nuances of, of power and sexual uh, relations between men and women and what is not okay, sorry, just to interrupt, mm. that is a very interesting interview you mentioned, Brookie. And... Uh, we are seeing, I still think the system is stacked against women who want to come forward mm. and make these kind of complaints. Yeah. Yeah. And we did see it within the documentary, there were only a very few who suffered greatly and then the floodgates opened. On that note, because I was left reeling from this on one thing that bugged me for days and I rang all my sisters, I've got five of them about it, I couldn't understand one thing. And it's what you have just pointed out, Brookie, is this. In this day of mandatory reporting, whereby, and America, I believe, in those states has the same laws, if you are a teacher, a nurse, if you work with children, it is mandatory to report Mm -hmm. anything you hear and it should be investigated. Now, we know, having watched the documentary, that there was a dodgy link with the FBI, potentially, but I don't believe every local police station was corrupt. So what I'm Mm. trying to find out, what I don't understand is this. If there were 260 14, 15-year-olds, as I said, I live in a house with two, I promise you they talk nonstop. Now, I know these girls were not going to... It's not something you talk about all the time. But out of those 260 girls, you mean to tell me not one of them shared with their friend who might have told their mother or their friend who might have told their school teacher? Or I can't understand Mm. how there was no one outside of the gymnastics realm who was worried that they might not get a spot on the team or might sacrifice their career that there was no mandatory reporting no other family doctor or no girl and as I said I live with girls they're not shy they're they're vocal 
that none of them said. I can't. I can't yeah. answer that, Joe. But I was struck by watching Filthy Witch. Sorry, watching Filthy Rich, and just the, not even listening to them, but the faces of the women who were interviewed for that, who were a large proportion of them marginalised, vulnerable women from they poor were. women he was uh, who were. Yeah. Girls yes. that could not. This mm. a completely different set of women. Elite women, women who generally were middle class, had families devoted to their sporting efforts, but they were still preyed upon and still and didn't damaged. know that they so were being, that it was wrong all yeah. the time. So is it schools that need to? I mean, I, I just feel like girls are, are taught that no. I mean, I guess a doctor is in that unique position of power. It's mm. the ultimate. But I think they were also did say that they felt the training regime dehumanised mm. them to the extent that they didn't know. Uh, mm. Some of them did mm. not realise at the time precisely yeah. the crimes mm. were being committed mm. that came through quite, quite, quite strongly. And I think in Filthy Rich, the women were also dehumanised by Maxwell mm. and others, uh, but then they did have no one to turn to often. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's it, it's an important point you guys raise. There, and I, I resonate with that, Joe, that same question. Uh, and I want to give big ups to D, uh, TV Binge Box podcast gang member Renee that you mentioned before. Um, for not only giving me a whole heap of background on this, and I want to give you a quote you gave me uh, as a massive gymnastics nerd, but also for pointing me at a whole heap of extra resources and stuff to watch just related to the athlete A story and the other mm -hmm. things around it. It is brutal and amazing. This is what, what Renee said. It's so deep and so layered. They, being the gymnasts, are conditioned into subservience, coupled with the natural perfectionist, type A energy that is synonymous with subjective sport and none of it exists without them yet they and their parents are voiceless the acknowledgement that for a lot of these girls that social group where they would tell mm. friends are all other gymnasts mm. they are hanging out with all of the girls yeah. that are all subjected to the same kind of experience both in that conditioning around this is how gymnastics is. This is what you do. This is how it functions. And then NASA is the team coach. Yeah. And we don't question yeah, him. He's the doctor. He's the best. Because he, yeah. he allows you to get into the team because you go and see him. One of the girls was talking about at one stage when she was prepping for, for you know, uh, national selection to get through a meet. She was seeing him five and six times a day and he mm. was abusing her mm. five and six times a day. That's horrendous. And he was Just so blatant. Outrageous. I mean, uh, to do, even in those videos, it was like, yeah, it was very. Without making it worse, they found out as a part of, as a part of NASA's already huge sentence, um, they found out that a, a vast majority of, of his abuse wasn't just within USAG. It was him having access to a gym within Michigan. He was, the doctor for that gym, like a gymnastics gym, and the owner told the girls the only doctor they can go to was Larry Nassar. Mm. So mm. for 30 years, he had access to gyms full of young women. And it's just outrageous, guys. And there's, there's, there's commonality here. There are big institutions, whether it be the law, whether it be the entertainment industry, mm. whether it be gymnastics, it's not just you make a complaint 
your career yeah, might be absolutely. over. It's that mm. your career is your life. Yep. Mm. And if you make a complaint, and you we've seen rise. it, and the yeah. documentaries give voice to that, yep. bang, yep. you're out. Yep. Well, su- such was the case for Athlete A, mm. uh, who we got to know as Maggie. And, and that whole incredible story is overwhelming and incredible and horrendous and just amazing. Joe, I know that giving a documentary like Athlete A a rating almost seems to diminish what it is. However, your, your thoughts, your final thoughts, and if you want to give us a number. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because um, we talked on the Facebook page about what, how we sort of rate out of five. And I did say mm, that five yeah. stars for me is must-watch TV. It will change your life. And I think mm-hmm. I have to go with that because this is just an important story for young girls to know what's acceptable, for parents to know what's acceptable, yep. for institutions, coaches, teachers, for boys to know what's, you know, it just is a, a must-watch. And it does have a redemptive warmth, as um, you all pointed yep. out, in that these women finally found their voice and as chilling as the details are, they refuse to be silenced and ultimately they have triumphed. So five, yep. five yeah. for me, I think, yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for that, Joe. Brookie, what about you? I did find this an incredibly difficult watch mm. and uh, I can see within my own circle of friends and acquaintances sports people who have been damaged not by abuse but by the sacrifices that they have made mm. in trying to be elite athletes and I just do not think I'll ever be able to watch the Olympics and the gymnastics mm again with the kind of pure enjoyment that I used to have Uh, as I was younger I do really want to emphasize as much as I admire this program it it is simply not going to be for everyone Mm -hmm. and I think you need to deal with great discomfort whilst you are watching that which I definitely experienced so four and a half for me for that reason yep understandable thanks Brookie Dan uh, yeah, look, I'm with Joe. If five stars means that you must watch this, then it's five stars. Please watch it. Please watch it with your teenage children. Please talk to them mm. about it and yeah. know that that door is open to have discussions with you and just keep the dialogue going. It, this is this is extraordinary television. Completely and agree. Thing. Thanks, yeah. Dan. Yeah, yeah. A- Athlete A is... Um one of those things that you can't unsee mm. and rightly shouldn't. If you, know, if you have the opportunity and you're in a position where you can watch it, do it. Um, it will change your life because I think you will be in a position where it will spur you on to want to encourage those around you to speak up if you know them or, or to make sure that the young people in your life know that they should be able to speak up. Uh, It was an incredible encouragement to me to see both Maggie, Rachel, a whole bunch of the women, but particularly those two, um, reveal the strength of their character and their absolute determination that in the face of this horrendous uh, abuse that they copped, that they were still able to hold themselves with such grace and with such determination uh, and get on with their lives. Because what happened to Uh them could have crushed them. The best bit was seeing uh, Maggie at the end still performing, enjoying yep. the sport mm. she loved, taking Loving away it, that yeah. element. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a joy. Yeah. It is, It is. yeah, a, a must-watch five stars in that regard, yep. in the same way for you guys. Uh, and I just want to throw in at the end, if, if this conversation, if Athlete A 
um, raises issues for you that are concerning or that you need to talk with someone about, or, or even if it's, you know, for you, um, you know, something that is very close to your personal experience. Firstly, I'm really sorry. Um, that shouldn't have happened to you. Um, you are vital and you are important. Uh, and I want to encourage you to speak to someone. And people like Lifeline, uh, you can speak to them on 13, 11, 14 as a very starting place if you've never spoken to someone again uh, about that issue. Um, you, I want to offer to you that I believe you. I don't know who you are and I don't know what your story is, but I believe you in, in what has happened to you and I will support you in that, whatever that is. Um, yeah, amazing. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Mark. Um, yeah, huge discussion. It's kind of hard to, to segue out of that and bounce on with the rest of the podcast. But you know what? TV is all about um, light and shade. As much as it's it light and shade, you know, it moves and it entertains and informs and you know all of those things. So we're going to move on to the entertaining part of television now, Brookie. Next week's group binge. What is it? Next week, we're looking at one of the most controversial issues in Australia, but one mm. that rarely we get to understand in a way that moves beyond media headlines. The issue is immigration. The issue is uh, who gets to come to Australia and who is turned away. It's a documentary series from SBS. It's called Who Gets to Stay in Australia? It's four episodes. ITV Australia has made this. It's following the lives of 13 migrants and their families, they're in mm. Australia, they're fighting to become permanent residents. Many succeed, but more than 40,000 are rejected each year. So this is a sobering look. It's an observational documentary that takes us to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, which is the legal mechanism where a lot of these cases are decided. It's running Wednesday nights on SBS. The mm -hmm. first episode has been broadcast. Uh, by the time we do our group binge next week, there will be two, or you can see them or catch up with them on SBS On Demand. Very good. Thank you very much, Brookie. All right. Gear shift now. Deep breath, everyone. <laughs> Let's move on with the show. It is time for... Clap or slap. Joe, you're up first this oh. week, or what have you been uh, watching? Well, fellas, to my surprise, I turned on my yes. stand the other day. What was at the top of my movie box? What was it? Chasing Comets. I don't know oh. if any of you have seen this one. I don't know if Do I should know? point it out. I, I have seen. I have seen this film, and I there is somebody <sighs> I recognise in this. Is there? Did you hear? This film? There did is. you hear my one fantastic line, Dan? Do you know how many times I, I practiced that line? You're a scriptwriter. <laughs> Do you know how many different ways <laughs> oh. there are to say that'll be what the pizza? You can say it like that, <laughs> or you can say it, that'll be the pizza. Hmm? See the difference? What a great <laughs> actress. Anyway, I am Gosh. talking about Chasing Comets, the 2018 Australian comedy written and directed by Jason uh, Stevens. Sorry, written by Jason yes. Stevens about his life, well, loosely based on his life, um, and directed by Jason Perini. The lead actors, you know, the ones that actually... Uh, knew what they were doing, are uh, Dan Ewing and Isabel Lucas, um, and it follows this sort of on-field, on off-field life of Chase, who is loosely based on Jason, and his NRL career um, set in, a town, in the town of Wagga Wagga. But I have to say, uh, I cringed so much watching me. My kids had their hands over their eyes. It is mortifying. Is it the first time they'd seen it? And can I just tell you... Can you just rewind a second and... 
for the dummies, you're in this film. I Joe. am in this ah, film. Yes. It's my first, be, first and only, I will dare say, after this role, <laughs> starring <laughs> moment. And I play uh, the preacher's A wife. Pizza deliverer. No, I play the preacher's wife. The preacher being played by George Huvardis from Pack to the Rafters. Gorgeous George, who I just, oh God, I love him dearly. He's just the most divine person on the well, planet. You're his wife. You had to. Uh, I, did, I did enjoy I got to rub his butt in one scene. I did enjoy that. Not uh, much to do in Wolga. Uh, and um, I don't know how I got roped in because I'm a friend of Jason's. So I think he did. He was on a budget. Let's put it that way. So he needed an over-the-top sort of fake tanned, overly blonde uh, preacher's wife. Can we call you Brassy? I was Brassy. brassy? I was definitely nice. Brassy. In fact, I was looking because they didn't have hair and makeup really because it was on a budget. So I did my own. I thought, God, I should have laid off that spray tan. Anyway, if you tune in, I apologise for my scene. There is only one, so don't worry. Oh, hang on. There's only one scene. That'll be the pizza. <laughs> Ding. And I practised. I actually had to say it so many times. It was so – I was – put it this way. I now know that even the worst actresses on TV – actually must have talent because I am the worst thing you've ever seen. So it made me <laughs> think even true. models that, you know, don't act and get a role and look reasonable must be actually quite talented. Oh, that'll be the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, don't zone out because I'm in it. It's actually well, it's a fun watch. It's very funny. It's lighthearted it is. It's and it's very film. Aussie and it's got yes. some great Aussie characters in it. So give that one a go. Now I'll try and get through these quickly. I don't want to open up the discussion too much, but we've had conjecture in this house over which Marvel to watch. We talked about this. I started with uh, my daughter said Captain America. My son said Iron Man. Mulk, you said go. Um, not in order Cap- of release. Captain America. Yeah, yeah. The first, so we did the, Iron Man, of course. The, the first soldier, yeah. <laughs> but oh, but I loved that. That was fun. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, the other daughter yep. who's not into Marvel made me watch Scarface last night, which is interesting in light of what we're going to watch next week about... Um, Cuban refugees mm-hmm. and how they got across the border. Um, but that is the all-time classic, obviously. Brookie, I knew you'd love that. Um, that scene with the chainsaw <laughs> and in the bathroom, God, that is bloody and gory and um, Al Pacino. Oh, what can you say? He's his yep. all-time favourite. Uh, keeping on the list, Boy Erased is another film. I feel like I did a lot of films this mm. week. Boy Erased is the 2018 film starring Nicole and Russell, directed by our very own Joel Edgerton, well worth a watch, please. It Great is absolutely yeah. fantastic. It was reminded, I was reminded by one of our Facebookers. Uh, so thank you for that. It is a really great true story um, based on a book um, about a gay boy whose parents are from this uh, community where they try and basically erase the way he feels. It's the gay conversion mm-hmm. therapy programs that still take part. And I believe there are even some here. There's apparently one near Newcastle, uh, but are big across the states. They're in the Baptist church and horrific but compelling and and really subtly directed. Joel did a fantastic job on that. It's not over the top. It's not in your face. You just arrive at the right feeling at the right time. So that's a really good one to watch. I think you can get that on Netflix. I saw that on. I should check that. Yes. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Um, yes. It is now. <laughs> yes, it is now. All right. So to my clap or slap for the week, I mentioned this one last week, but I want to revisit it because I feel like I'd only watched the first episode and didn't really go into it. Um, it's called Bonfire mm-hmm. of Destiny. It is a French series, eight parts on Netflix. 
um, which I watched in, you know, with English subtitles. It sounds like the title to a Will Ferrell film, honestly. No, it is definitely the opposite of a Will Ferrell film, Malk. It is everything I love and possibly everything you hate. It has period piece, it is drama, it is soapy-like. It's love and and life and and the way fate and destiny comes together and can change the path of your life. Plus, it has these amazing French castles and these French provincial homes that I kind of had to keep pausing and looking at what was – this is what us girls do. (laughs) We pause and go, oh, my God, look at those floorboards and look at those um, door handles. God, the gold or the silver. I love the pewter. That's what we girls do when we're watching – Something. I knew our relationship was too perfect, Joe Casamento. Hey, you're about to start a Pinterest board for your house. You'll be starting to watch these things yes, too. So I promise you. But anyway, just to f- finish up on that, there's a massive fire. It is based on a true story in the 1897 Paris mm-hmm. fire at a charity bazaar. It did kill 125 women, um, aristocratic oh, wow. women. The first episode is brilliant. I mentioned that last week. It's like the Titanic. It's this panic of getting out of the fire. But the next seven episodes... Mm-hmm are wonderful in they follow three women and what happens after. One's badly burnt and she is forced to pretend to be someone else um, in a classic sort of switch scenario. One pretends to die. She wasn't actually in the fire, but she's fleeing her abusive husband. So she sees it as the perfect opportunity to uh, start a new life. And the third, uh, she's just gorgeous and her story is wonderful. I urge you to watch it if you're a fan of romance, drama and historical pieces. A big clap from me. And I'm zipping Thank up. you very much, Joe. <laughs> Lots more clap or slap tips from the rest of the team on the other side of this. And Robin Robbo. Media executive Rob McKnight. Something brand new is coming to your social media feed. Big Brother winner Ben Norris. This is something bold and informative with a side of humour. And journalist David Robbo Robinson. It's truly going to be something different. Ben Robin Robbo Show starts April 20. Go to tvblackbox.com.au slash BRR for more information. It's the Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo Show. Yes, the Ben, Rob and Robbo show is beaming into your TV black box social feeds and over at Ticket TV every Monday through Thursday from 1pm. Check it out. Brookie, you're up next for Clap or Slap. What's been on your watch list? Well, the first show I watched was Real Housewives of ah! Melbourne. Amazing. Ah! Oh, my God, you went straight. Amazing. Hang on. I didn't select that episode for you. No, no, no. Look, it was uh, – well, the, the backstory is that I have just got a job in Melbourne. And yes. it was pure coincidence. I was waiting for the news to come on, and I was flicking through, and I caught half of one episode, and um, – it's sure constructed reality. So which so one? So just random episode. Which, which one yeah, was who, it? Yeah. They went, to, they had uh, a sort of ladies' luncheon. God, that's that's every episode. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. every episode. Doesn't narrow it down. And then they went off for what seemed to be a very contrived salsa dance. That's every uh, episode. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no, no. And then somebody had left their tanning bronzer Oh, all that was the, the first season. Bathroom. That was with um, yeah. and, and, and Gina, yes. Um, okay. Anyway, mm. so I feel that I badly need educating on what the heck was going on. Oh, Brookie, take Inspired a number. Inspired by our group binge, which was last week, 
quiz, the yes. drama about the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire scandal in Britain. I delved into quite a few quizzes this week. Good on you. Good. I followed them around the various networks and streaming services. So obviously the chase on Seven, I think I've praised before. Mm-hmm. Jeopardy is running on Foxtel and just about to start on SBS Viceland. Mm. And I just want to give a big shout out to the host, Alex Trebek, who has been doing this show for decades and Mm. had never really been on my radar apart from the ceaseless mocking he gets on Saturday Night Live, (laughs) which have a million Jeopardy parodies. Anyway, the guy has stage four pancreatic cancer. Mm. And if you want to go online and Google... He has given some of the most incredible pieces to camera updates about his condition because he wanted to control the announcement of his news so he told the fans directly. They're incredibly powerful to watch in just the way that he matter-of-factly addresses this. And there's a fantastic moment on one of the shows where the contestant has bet the house and doesn't know the answer and just puts, uh, which is you know, revealed on screen in front of everyone, we love you, Alex. And mm. there's this moment where Trebek, who is the consummate professional, chokes up. So yep. uh, go down a wormhole and, and yeah. have a look at that. And the quiz, I think, is one of the hardest on television and is entertaining in a way that Mastermind, which is on SBS, uh, just seems to be a bit stayed in comparison. Uh, just as uh, a quick I, sidebar, Brookie, do you know who created Jeopardy? Uh, it was created as an NBC daytime show, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, by someone whose uh, name escapes me. Merv Griffin, the ah, same man who created Wheel of Fortune. Oh, oh there you are. go. And Two very different kinds of... clean up? Did he did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so my main one that I wanted to talk about, and I'm only going to do it briefly because we discussed it the other week, but I got completely sucked into it, was McMillions. Yeah. Oh, yes. The You could not make up this story about the um, uh, McDonald's fraud, mm. monopoly fraud uh, that was perpetuated in America. And one of our TV binge box podders was very keen for us to give our thoughts because... Let's face it, the principal cast of characters, who are mainly FBI, FBI investigators, come across as being a little bit crazy. Mm. <laughs> I'm yes. very concerned. I only watched the first episode and I, it didn't grab me. So is it worth continuing with? He's, yeah, he, very. Because one of them seems to be completely mad, mm. doesn't he? He's a bit of a nut job, I think, yeah. And how are you going to put him undercover to try and investigate these people who have ripped off millions over supposedly one of the cleverest, largest corporations in America. My favourite is the young, blonde McDonald's marketing assistant who is thrust into the spotlight and they're like, ah, well, you can go undercover because you know the game so intimately and you can go and pretend as part of our fake TV production unit to go and interview these people who may or may not be fraudster criminals but are our prime suspects and don't stuff it up because you might ruin everything. So it's got it's over and above just a standard run-of-the-mill mm. sort of procedural for those reasons, I think, Joe. Yes. Right. I can That's a clap from me. A clap from Brookie. Thank you very much. Mulk, what have you got for us this week? 
settle in, friends. I thought I didn't watch much, and then I started writing it down, and I watched a lot of TV this week. Oh, good. Um, including getting ahead of myself uh, with next week's group binge and who gets to stay in Australia. Oh. Uh, a, amazing. B, I'm so keen for you guys to see it. C, Jamila Rizvi's dad is in it. Ah, oh, she's fantastic. Okay. So just prepare yourself for that. All right. Um, uh, I, in the other things that I watched this week. Uh, yes, Where Are You Really From, SBS continuing that, Michael Hing, the team, and SBS killing that. Uh, I watched the last two episodes of LOL, Last One Laughing Australia oh, on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime Video. I did too, yes. Wow, you kept what did you and too? that last 30 minutes was, I, I, I still cannot tell you if it was amazing or 30 minutes of my life I will never get back. Oh. I can tell you it was not amazing. <laughs> it was shit house. It did it not get any better. Two men's descent into madness. Um, I won't tell you who, uh, who, uh, ask, who wins. Yes, tell us <laughs> well, who won because we're is not it, watching it. It's, it. it's Kids, not a spoiler. Fast forward five seconds if you don't want to know. Mm. Frank Woodley. Oh. The whole thing was so pointless. Yeah. There were still two of them left at the end, so Rebel just arbitrarily decided who would win. They what? arbitrarily evicted Ed because he was, wasn't he involved. He didn't laugh once, but he still got kicked out. The whole thing was like just a hot mess. Kept putting his hand in the fireplace. Uh, Why did you keep I know, going because, back? because I'm a half wit and I need to, <laughs> I need an intervention. There's a point where you've invested so much. It's like it, it could yeah. get better. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah, just all six yeah. episodes are on Amazon Prime Video. I did enjoy the cameo from Helen Badu uh, because mm. Anne Edmonds with that character can do no wrong. Fabulous. Yes. Um, At Home Alone Together finished up this week on the ABC and I have enjoyed every moment of that. Surprise, there's a special episode coming this Wednesday night at 10 o'clock after Retrograde. Um, It's all of the sketches that they got done and filmed and approved but couldn't squeeze into the series that they had. So there's a bonus episode ostensibly. Um, Check that out. Show running uh, by Dan Illick uh, and an incredible uh, array of Australian comedians in writing and performing and all of the rest of it. Uh, I personally love the vibrator segment with Birgit. I thought she was phenomenal. Um, Ghostbusters was on Channel 9 on Saturday night and uh, back off, man. I'm a scientist. Uh, it was so good. As was Life Drawing Live. Oh, uh, the and new Rove yeah, What was that like? Yeah. On SBS. It is a one-off for SBS, but they are about to play the UK version, which is a two-episode deal. Okay. Uh, if it comes back, who knows? Um, it, it was amazing because it, it's exact. The, the hint is in the title. There's, you know, so all those people are models, in the one episode, and they're drawing. All of those oh, people. Come right. on, Malt, right. show us. <laughs> okay, I, I missed the concept. Um, <laughs> no, you're drawing. You're drawing. Oh, God, I, I did a drawing. drawing. If you, no, huh? no, no, I did a drawing. I took part yeah, in the process. You were encouraged at home to draw and send in your submission. Uh, it yes. is on my Twitter feed. Search for SBS Live Drawing Live. At okay. Steve Mulk, you will find it. Um, what, I'm watching it. What I'm looking sort of for it now. Rating? What? What is there a, a a parental guidance recommended rating on this drawing? What are we? Oh, look! It is the most base childish thing you'll see in a while. But it's you know it was a bunch of fun. Um, okay. Look, it, it was a great experiment. The only thing that really let it down, and this isn't a criticism, was that they had Poe via satellite from her home and the rest of it was filmed in Sydney at the at, at SBS and it reminded me just how horrific the satellite delay is for live television because oh. Roe would ask a question and there would be a serious four second break before Poe you could see her hear it 
to then start talking back to him. Right. Oh, like I get they probably wanted to have her there and they couldn't because of the Rona, but it was just horrendous. Uh-huh. Um, I dived into the preview vault that I have access to. I love that Joe's talking oh, for my picture. Mom. What? I'm just on Twitter. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> it's oh my god! Once stop seen, it. never oh unseen. Please don't go and never unseen. No. Oh, I'm really now I have to explain why that is the picture that I drew because I'm an adult and I can cope with a whole bunch of things. And when... it's a bit Jonah from Tonga. I have to wow, just to give you an is... idea, mate. I wouldn't even give it that because I haven't got a series out of it. Um, when this model appeared. It was fine and everything was hunky-dory. They're laying down and the camera shots are very generous and it looked very nice. And then all of a sudden, his penis popped up. And it, it was hard to... It was like you can't not see it at that point. So everyone's drawing this guy laying well, on his back. judging by arms. your drawing, it's the only thing you could see. <laughs> it is the only thing I could see. It, I was transfixed. Uh, okay, um, let's move on. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, I've dived into the preview vault, getting ahead of the game, and I have started watching War of the Worlds, which uh, airs with oh. a double ep this Thursday on SBS. This is the French-British production starring Gabriel Byrne and a uh, woman from Downton Abbey. Damn it. No. Your research is impeccable once Elizabeth again. McGovern. Oh, Elizabeth McGovern. Thank yeah. you. Ah, there we go. There we go. See, it just had to come to me. And, and I'm, really, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I only hope that in this version, it's the coronavirus that kills the aliens. Um, I also <laughs> dived into the first two eps of what is going to be, I think, only a three-ep series of Sean McAuliffe's On the Source. This mm-hmm. is a documentary look by Sean at Australian culture, particularly pertaining to alcohol and drinking and how it's so involved in it. He goes to a B&S ball, um, like an Outback B&S ball, in a full dinner suit. It is amazing if you're a McCarla fan you'll love it it's so good um i found frontline i thought i haven't seen frontline in a while it's all on stand oh, friends and oh, i wow. am nearly finished the first season after finding it this morning so <laughs> right. it's phenomenal and and even though look there are some very 1994 references in it Stuart mm-hmm. Littlemore as the host of media watch no less um and Cheryl Curnow still as a senator uh within the federal parliament um, it's it, it's sharp as ever. It's really oh, good and a great insight into what we thought of current affairs television in 1994 from the people that bringing you, you know, um, what's their big show at the moment? A utopia. Phenomenal. Yeah, right. My clap or slap for the week. Man, if you didn't catch on in the start, then uh, just you wait. Hamilton, the original Broadway mm. production, landed on Disney Plus on Friday. And I have, like a lot of people, enjoyed the the, the, the original cast recording, uh, you know, and listened to it a lot. I, I'm not quite up to the stage of being able to, to, to pull out um, Lafayette's big rap that happens in Act One, but I can tell you I'm having a red hot go. It is <laughs> incredible to be able to then take these songs that I've heard time and time again and put them to the faces that I knew sung them and performed them in you know the theatre that Hamilton absolutely smashed all sorts of huge Broadway records and the rest of it, um, to see Lin Manuel Miranda in in that title role that he created and wrote, to see it all happen, to hear Philippa Sue um, smash out Burn in a way that broke my heart, uh, and to see that final song that she performs that just sort of talks about who tells your story, 
Mm-hmm. Amazing. I, my whole family watched it with me, bar my daughter who fell asleep, but she's 13 and doesn't care about things that I love. Um, it was incredible. I cannot give it enough claps. Um, Disney Plus took away their seven-day preview um, because this was coming. However, yeah, I had to sign up are, for Marvel. If you are a Woolies Reward customer oh. or a Telstra customer, I think there are offers. Certainly Woolies Rewards have, I think, a month free oh, Disney Plus access. Oh, that's what I must have got. Okay. Um, so those things are available. But it's it, look, even if you pay for one month, right, it's eight bucks, nine bucks. That is approximately a tenth to a one hundredth of what some people pay for tickets yes, to see the original me. Broadway cast performance. Amazing. Clap, clap, clap. So, but is it, Malt, it's just a filming of the stage musical, correct? Correct. It is not a, uh, a movie version. It is in the theatre. So just before, um, uh, effectively, the cast took their first split. As some people left to take on other gigs, this is the original Broadway cast performance in the theatre on Broadway that they felt that they were performing at. 2016. So did they do? I, I I think the musical is amazing. Mm. Is this pr- filmed production, which, as you know, filming musicals can be a bit clunky. Yep. Is it any good? They got the same guy that directed the musical to direct the filmed version. So ostensibly mm. to sit with the editor and talk about camera angles and do all of those sorts of things. I, 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 I'm I, probably the wrong person to ask because this is the only time I've seen it. I was finally putting voices to faces. Um, some people that have seen various performances rated highly. They said it's incredible and it yeah, just brought it all back for me. Um, I have had, of course, a number of people say it's still way better live. Mm-hmm. Um which I get. And look, I would love to see it. Hopefully I'll be lucky enough to consider being able to think about buying a ticket in Sydney next year. Um, I I would offer everyone, and it's a a very small Venn diagram, everyone that I know that has seen the original Broadway performance that had Lin-Manuel Miranda in it said it was amazing. It's certainly been lighting up social media, so you're not alone there, Malk. Um, I have a quick question, Malk. I thought I didn't take you for a musical guy. I thought when I did Lame Easy, you were like, is this a one-off for you or you are a musical man? I'm a musical nerd from oh, way back, Oh, I must man. have had that wrong. Intriguing. Including, mm. thank you very much, taking the uh, starring role in Kiwana Water State High School's uh, school uh, musical performance in 1990 of Big Al, Big Al. the story of <laughs> Al Capone. Were you, were you Al? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in touch with lovely wife and see if there's video footage of that because I need to if see there that. There is and she hasn't seen it. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Mog. For me this week, for those hanging with breathless anticipation to get an update on my relationship with Big Brother on 7, after a brief moment of seeing a bright spot on the horizon a couple of weeks ago, I'm well and truly back in the no thanks. I'd rather watch oh, my hair God. camp. Um, as soon as Angela went, any remote interest I had in the series went, so it was a hard pass mm. on the rest of it. From me, MasterChef on 10, on the other hand, continues to excel and mm-hmm. entertain, and I could not love it more. Just a couple of weeks to go, I'll be watching with keen interest to see who takes home the crown. Also, the revamped The Living Room launched yes. this past Friday night on Channel 10. I forgot to put mm. that in, yeah. Yeah, I'm reserving judgment on this one. Part of me likes the changes and can see what they're angling for. Part of me really misses the fun and variety that came with the mm-hmm. previous iteration. So I'm on the fence. I'll give it a couple more weeks to bet in and come back with a more yeah, definitive yeah. verdict. 
but most of my viewing this week was dedicated to documentaries. A huge thanks to Michelle Lucas on our Facebook page. She's been one of our listeners for a while, so thanks, Michelle, for being a binge boxer. Um, but this week she mentioned on Facebook that she enjoyed my doco recommendations, so it may be she a case did. of People care for what them. you wish for, Michelle. Yes. <laughs> Prep um, yourself. This, yeah, the slightest whiff of a compliment mm. and I'm all yours. So <laughs> I had a bunch of docos to <laughs> review this this week. Um, first up, I talked a few weeks ago on the podcast about Lennox Hill, the Netflix doco that takes you behind the scenes of Lennox Hill Hospital in New York. And I mentioned that there was a special coronavirus episode coming. Well, mm. that episode has oh, dropped okay. um, and it is fascinating. So right. it's the ninth episode of the show if you're looking for it on Netflix. Right. Writing that down, Total Dan. pandemic. Writing that down. Yes, it follows the staff at the hospital right from when the virus was first kicking off in New York City. So, in fact, the very opening has one of the doctors saying, oh, there's 140 active cases at the moment and hopefully we can quash it. Um, and, of course, we all know what happens in poor yeah. New York. So this is incredibly compelling. You're watching in real time wow. as the staff at this busy hospital Ooh. react to the pandemic. Definitely check this one out. That's Lennox Hill Pandemic on Netflix. Still on Netflix, a doco feature that must have been streaming somewhere else recently. I can't remember where, but I saw it a few months ago and now it's landed on Netflix. Three Identical Strangers. It's about the lives of Edward Galland, David Kelman and Robert Shafran, a set of identical triplets who were adopted out as infants to separate families. And it recounts, you will not believe this, it recounts how the brothers discovered Mm. each other, one another by chance, purely by chance. It's extraordinary. At age 19... Um, and then their eventual discovery that their adoption had been part of an undisclosed scientific <gasps> nature versus nurture oh, study oh my of the God. development of genetically identical siblings being raised in different socioeconomic and their parents circumstances. Parents allowed that. You, you cannot make oh this stuff up seriously. God. So they and all then they went on an unheard of triplet killing spree. No, they did oh. not. I'm, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to say <laughs> any more. What's that called? Because um, I don't. I don't want to risk any spoilers, but suffice to say it's a must-see, wow. yes. Um, three, three Identical Strangers three on identical Netflix. Strangers. Oh, if you are anything like me, Facebook group. Yeah. yes, your jaw will be on the floor. Mm-hmm. It's extraordinary. So check that out. Over on Crime and Investigation on Foxtel, a new feature is streaming, Mary Kay Letourneau oh, Autobiography. I mentioned this one on the Facebook page, but wanted to give it a shout-out here too. This, of course, is the story of the teacher in the US who had an affair with a 13-year-old student and gave birth to his baby. If you didn't think she was cray-cray just for doing what she did in the first place, I strongly suspect you'll be certain that she's all sorts of cray after Mm. watching this. It is astonishing to listen to her talk. I'm, I'm actually torn about whether or not she should even be given this platform really to, you know, explain her side of the story. That was my question because I covered a case exactly like this in Perth as a court reporter with a drama teacher who was having an affair with a student alleged affair. And I thought, why are they giving this woman airtime? Yeah, and that is one of the big takeaways for me. And certainly if the sexes were reversed, I don't think... We would Not be hearing even. from the statutory rapist yeah. in a documentary sense. So I'm, I'm really keen to hear what everyone else thinks. So check that one out and let us know. Wasn't she on 60 Minutes like earlier this year? She was because now the husband, they got married in the end yeah. and they had another kid and they're finally now separated. Oh, anyway, she's she's gosh. a wackadoodle, but check it out. Mary Kay Letourneau, autobiography on crime and investigation, Foxtel. And finally this week, back on Netflix, the brand new hmm. rebooted Unsolved Mysteries dropped. Mm. I was a huge fan of this one back in the day. 
hosted initially by Raymond Burr, then yes. Carl Malden, later by Dennis Farina, but of course most famously by the irrepressible Robert Stack. Mm. Each episode features a different unsolved mystery, be it a cold case or some sort of paranormal activity type situation. Netflix have jumped on board and breathed new life into the show. A version of the familiar theme song is back. There's a nice nod to Robert Stack in the opening title sequence. But this is very much a 2020 production. No host this time around, but it totally works with that one. It's slick. It's fast-paced. The stories are intriguing. The first episode is UFOs and alien abductions, which is really interesting and got me thinking. And there are some interesting cold cases in there as well. 12 episodes all up, all available now for your streaming pleasure. And, you know, for the nostalgia factor alone, if not for anything else, the brand new Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix gets a clap from me. Oh, yeah. Can Jan, yeah. can I ask? Um, I went to put it yes, on last do. night, but it was after midnight and I sleep alone. So I was, it sort of started freaking me out. Are they freaky enough that you shouldn't be watching them alone at night by yourself? Uh, well, the UFO one is is really interesting. I'm curious to see if anything comes out the back yeah, of it. Yeah, I started thinking, I don't need to be watching this. It's, uh, Anyway. Yeah, it's really okay. interesting. Yeah, watch it in the daytime and let yeah. me know what you think. All right, team, <laughs> right, so, that's what we've been watching this past week. How about you? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We're at TV underscore binge box on Twitter or TV binge box podcast gang on Facebook, where more and more people are joining the conversation with us. Thanks so much to everyone who's jumped on board. Brookie, what have been the highlights this week? Well, last week I said we'd been overwhelmed. I didn't mm-hmm. think we could top that. <laughs> 767 members oh, hello, and friends. counting. It does really feel like the world is bringing the world together yeah. on this Facebook mm. group. <laughs> so, Michael Sainsbury from Byron Bay and Stuart Brocci from New Zealand. Hello, gents. Both liked the sci-fi show Dark on Netflix, which Mm. I had not heard about at all, set in a small town in Germany with a mysterious cave. Stuart said, the best thing I've seen in years. Or maybe that was Michael. Anyway, Hmm. Lynn Jones has been watching a country practice on 7 Plus, as has Simon Fogarty, who hunted it out after our Rewind segment on the podcast. Kashif Harrison from Sydney, like both The Lift Boy and Never Have I Ever, on Netflix. They're both Indian-Pakistani productions, yep. saying it's about a, uh, saying that Never Have I Ever is about a beautifully possessive mum trying to understand her daughter. Watch it with your kids. Eric Brooke has been getting into some foreign language programs on Netflix. Ainori, which I had never heard of before. It's Japanese. He said it's part Amazing Race, part Love Island, part Round the World in 80 Days. Young Japanese looking for love in a hot pink van. Mm. Plus, uh, and I never thought I'd be uttering this sentence, he's also into the Korean police drama. Who knew? That's called Live. And uh, he's saying that it's best to watch them with subtitles or you can watch the voiceover version. So... Post of the week. Strong Mm. competition. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it has to go to Clint Tice, who sent several of us down a rabbit hole with his very own rewind post. Oh, this is your DVD spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) He's a box set man, right? He (laughs) is a box set man. He had a rather large number of box sets for this show, which debuted on Channel 10 on January 24th. 
Wow. Lorraine Bailey, starring in period oh, legal drama Carson's Law, which was shown twice a week for two years. Now, we've got one, not one, but two posts on this because Clint has doubled down, displaying all yes. his box sets lined mm. up, uh, saying he was going to devote the weekend to this program. And I actually went on and I, I put up a YouTube clip of Lorraine Bailey as Jennifer Carson's in full flight. I thought it was rather good and icing on the cake. Well, Joe, he's <clears throat> issued a challenge. He has. And I'm, I've, I've put my hand up for it, right? I've you put, put my your hand, hand up, up because you, long story short, you challenged me that the next show I reviewed on Rewind, I had to play on the piano the theme music I did. to, which was a country practice, which I tapped out. Uh, now, what has Clint gone and done? He's requested someone plays the theme music to Carson's Law. Nice. Well, this. I'm up for it, even Ooh. though I don't know the theme song, but he's he's put a YouTube link and I will download the music and I will open uh, next week's episode with a version of. You I've are been doing a, a little bit of research. I believe the theme tune is called Independence. Oh, gosh. Ooh, okay. And if you get stuck, there is a copy of the State Library. Oh, of my South God. <laughs> okay. If I have to actually leave the wow. house to get the music, it's, it's not happening. Sorry, Clint. Uh, gosh. I, I, I've looked. I, I, I am being your research cadet on Fantastic. this show, and I'm attempting to track I've never it had down. A research and Brookie. Force me to try and learn it myself because you're a better player than oh, I am. Well, I, don't know about I that. am very excited for that next week. Thank you, Brookie. Looking forward to that, Joe. Folks, we're we nearly are. done, but there is always time for a quick round of... Rewind. What have you been dusting off from the archives this uh, week, Joe? Well, actually, it was on that uh, trail with Clint that I found Jason Button mention um, uh, something that... I thought, you know what, that would make a great rewind. I was going to do something else. Um, but he mentioned a show that I'm sure you were all fans of. I know it was one that had me and my siblings. We used to sit on the lounge every night and just were obsessed with it at one period. When I say the names mm-hmm. Lizzie, Vera, <gasps> B, and yes. Frankie, I don't think Wentworth. Prisoner. I think of the original girls in their denim dungarees, also commonly known as Cell Block H. Prisoner was the original TV soap opera set in a prison, produced by the Grundy organisation. It lasted eight seasons and created not only an iconic, you know, TV show, but also launched 100,000 successful careers. Uh, Peter Tapano, yeah. Colette Mann, Maggie Fitzpatrick, Amanda mm. Muggleton, even Sigrid Thornton's in that list. And that's just a few of them. Yep. It was created by Red Watson, who also produced The Young Doctors, Sons and Daughters and Neighbours. Um, and as we know, it's set in the, high, the fictional high security uh, wing of a women's prison within the Wentworth Detention Centre. Of course, that has now spawned Wentworth, which we are going to do in an upcoming group binge and I have to catch up on. Um, it explored the lives of prisoners and stuff. And I think the great thing about it at the time was, and, and it launched in 1979, uh, was that it explores themes that were pretty well factored for then, like homosexuality yeah. and social reform and yeah. even feminism. Like in, in that way, there were lesbian characters um, and they were yeah. the storyline was quite intimately followed as well as corruption and, I mean, you know, Joan Ferguson. Was there a villain mm. like her? I think not. Its popularity began to grow and it's had a real cult status worldwide. Uh, were you yeah. guys fans? 
I loved it. Speaking of box sets, I <laughs> you have, have a, a prisoner box set. Box set. Well, I was wow. going to ask, I've yeah. done my research, talking about bad research. Um, is it available on any streaming service, Mock? Have I put you on the spot there? Oh, you have put me on the spot and it's not. It's not. So no. it's a it's a DVD only, JB Hi-Fi. It is. It's almost every Grundy situation just BT dubs. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not one to advocate going out and buying, spending money on box sets, but... <laughs> but it was a good one. I was one. not allowed to watch it as a kid, oh. but it, I did have a kind of obsession with it. And I don't know where, but I have seen some early episodes gripping. Yeah. The characters, yeah. so are, good. Are, the storylines might be regarded as being reasonably unsophisticated, despite the subject matter. But there's something about those characters you just wanted to, know, yeah. to fully get into yeah. their world. And a fun fact: Wentworth High Security Prison was in reality. The Channel Ten Studios at Nunawading. 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 Yeah. I think Channel Eleven. Where, where Neighbours is filmed at one point. I know they were talking about that earlier this year, but okay. no, no side of them yet. What a shame. Maybe we should set up a campaign. Maybe yes. we should. Thank you, Joe. That is a great Thanks, rewind. Thanks, Jason Button from Facebook. Classic. Thank you, Jason. Malk will be back in the archives again next week, but for now. After this mammoth show, it is time mm. to say a huge thanks, as always, to our binge boxes, Malk, Joe and Brookie. Where can we find you on the social platforms, social media platforms even, Malk? I'm at Steve Malk everywhere that you want to know. Friends, of course, while you've got spare minutes in your day, swing by and give us a five-star review and a lovely review, just as these two kind friends have mm. in the last week. Our first one from Donny1980 says that they're hooked. Constantly find myself checking for the latest episode of this podcast to drop. The panel is funny, Funny. insightful, and like a bunch of old friends catching up for a Friday night debrief with drink in hand. We need to start this drink in hand thing. Um, (laughs) the, the The reviews are really helping navigate through the plethora of regular TV and streaming titles landing each week as well. Keep up the amazing work. Thank, Thank you, you for that. Yeah. And here's the look. Dare, dare I say that this is I the best review, the yeah. best review we've got yet from <laughs> Tegan LC. Thank you, Tegan. Love this podcast. Great banter between all the hosts. Especially love all of Mulk's reviews. And I did not add that in. That is verbatim. What Tegan said. Tegan, you're my new favourite. Thank you. I got to say, <laughs> a lot of people love your reviews, Mulk. You have. I'm not going to say basic taste, but but. but <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You're a man of the people, Mark. You're a man of the people. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, people do. Love All right, Joe. Where can we find you um, on the socials? At Joe one, but I'm generally on our Facebook uh, group binge page, yes. TV box, whatever we're called. Yes, <laughs> it's TV uh, binge page. <laughs> Something like that. I'm Brookie. Maybe we should re-edit that. Back out, Brookie. <laughs> Sorry. No way. <laughs> No, we've got it covered. I'm at Dan M. Bennett on Twitter and underscore Dan M. Bennett on Instagram. And, of course, we're over on Facebook at TV Binge Box Podcast Gang. We'll get it right one of these days. Thanks to everyone for listening. We look forward to your company again next week for more TV Binge Box. Until then, we're out. Bye.